Welcome once again to Devotional. This is Pastor Ariel. We are on lesson number 10, um, and we are going to be looking at the second part of the Everlasting Gospel found in Revelation chapters 14, verses 6 through 12. And in this episode, we will be focusing on the expression, on the phrase, fear God. So, we are going to just tackle this. Um, this expression troubled me for most of my Christian life before my conversion. It's one of the reasons why I kind of stayed away from wanting to even explore with any depth of study anything related to God. Because if the everlasting gospel, the good news that was supposed to be relevant and meaningful to every human being, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people across history, um, if it began with that expression, fear God, why? And then, and not just to fear him, but then to be compelled to give him glory and to worship him. I want us to, to tackle this right now. What does it mean to fear God? I want us to look at scripture. There are some premises that we need to approach scripture with. And one of them is that scripture doesn't contradict itself because it is um, though it's written by many individuals. Ultimately, it has been inspired and guided by one author, which is God himself. The Bible claims to be the book that reveals God's heart, God's character. And it is a consistent revelation, not a contradictory one. So I want to read to you 1 John 4.18. This is out of the New King James. It says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So how could the Bible in one place tells us that there is no fear in love, but that perfect love casts out fear? And in that same book, we are told that God is love. God has perfect love. Therefore, God would cast out my fears. Therefore, I hope you have the question already in your mind. Why would the good news found in the book of Revelation begin with the expression, fear God? Well, like I said, the premise that the Bible does not contradict itself should uh, impel us, compel us to say, well, I guess maybe we need to study more. There's, there has to be a greater depth of study. Um, and so let's do that right now. And I'm going to just present this case to you, that the Bible actually teaches that there are two kinds of fears. Imagine the same word, but the context will tell you that the meaning is different. The, the purpose, the effect, the cause of it is different. One of them comes from our experience uh, brought upon because of sin. One of the fears that the Bible mentions is the outcome of sin because we chose sin. The other kind of fear is actually a fear that is provided for us to save us from sin. So this word fear has two specific uses in the Bible. One of the, those, these fears comes because of sin entering our experience, but this other fear solves the problem of sin. It saves us from our sins. Um, Exodus 20.20 20 is the verse that I always like to begin when I explain to people that expression, fear God. Exodus 20.20 20 says, And Moses said, Moses said to the people, Do not fear. I mean, if you read verse 19, 18, you see that the people of Israel were terrified, actually. They were saying, let not God speak with us anymore. And all God said was the Ten Commandments. It wasn't that God was saying, you know, you are stiff-necked, you know, idolatrous, rebellious people. 
I'm going to destroy you if you guys mess up. God has said none of those things. All God did is said, uh, I am the Lord God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You will have no other gods before me. You will not make any graven images to bow down to them. You will not take my name in vain. Keep the Sabbath holy. You will not murder. You will not commit adultery. You will not bear false witness. Uh, all of these commandments you shall not covet. All of, That's what God said. Why would they feel? I mean, if you read, if you go in your Bible to Exodus chapter 20, and you read the verses right before verse 20, they actually cry out to Moses and say, Moses, we don't want God to speak with us again, because if he speaks to us again, we will die. It's an amazing statement. They're terrified of God. They're terrified of God's voice. They are terrified of hearing God speak to them the law. So Moses responds to this fear that was already present. This fear of God was already present in the hearts of Israel. So Moses responds by saying, you do not need to keep holding on to this fear of God. Do not fear God. Do not fear, for God has come to test you and that his fear may be before you so that you may not sin. It's a loaded statement and we're just going to extract what is applicable to understanding the book of Revelation, uh, chapter 14, verse 7. Moses here mentions two fears. The fear that the Israelites already had of God that were compelling the Israelites to say, we don't want to speak with God. We don't God, want God speaking to us. We're going to die if he keeps speaking, speaking to us. Moses, you speak to us, but not God. And Moses is saying, you don't need to fear God. You don't need to hold on to this fear of God. Actually, you need to receive his fear, the fear that comes from God. You need to receive this fear because that fear will lead you to no longer sin so that you may not sin. So there's, first of all, the appeal to not fear God. And then secondly, this an invitation to receive, to accept what God will give, what God will show to be his fear, because this fear will have an effect in their hearts in such a powerful, uh, deep way that they will be caused not to sin anymore. They will desire no longer to sin. So questions, right? I love questions. I ask them all the time. I ask myself questions all the time. I hope you're asking questions. And by the way, I don't know if you've noticed already, but I sent out a whole bunch of invites. I created a Facebook page for devotional. That way you can post questions. You can post comments um, as these uh, you listen to these episodes and questions come up to your mind or something that I've said was not quite clear. Please let me know. I would love to hear from you and I will be happy to respond as well. So question. Where did this fear of God come from, the, the sinful one, the one that caused Israel to say, we don't want to hear God's voice? Listen carefully. They were terrified to hear God's voice. Where did this fear come from? Genesis chapter 3, verse 10 is what I would argue this uh, fear got became and took a hold of the human heart. Genesis 3.10 says, this is Adam speaking, Adam speaking to God, so he said, Adam said to God, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. I hope you see it. We're not going to spend too much time looking at all that Adam said right there. Simply this, Adam hears God's voice and he is terrified. So terrified, he hides from God. 
Israel hear God speak and they are so terrified they ask Moses please don't let God speak to us ever again because we feel we're going to die if he keeps speaking to us Moses you speak to us this is the identical fear and I would contend that the moment Adam and Eve sinned that fear took a hold of our hearts the sin that the fear that came to possess our hearts through sin and this fear is directed towards only one individual God we are born terrified of God sin our sinful nature provokes in us this undue unwarranted fear of God because I've asked this I've studied with people Genesis is my favorite book and I usually tell take my people that I'm starting the Bible with to parts of the these um, this book to explore to understand the origins of sin and the effects that sin has had in our hearts and so I asked them the question um, so Adam and Eve before they take of this fruit before they cross this boundary and sin how did they feel about God oh they love God how did God feel about them oh God loved them so now that Adam and Eve sinned how did Adam and Eve sin feel towards God they're terrified of him they're afraid of him how did God feel towards Adam and Eve he still loved them had God changed that's the question that I always ask people did, has, did God change between Genesis 1 and 2? Did God change in, in chapter 3? No, he did not. The ones who changed were you and I, the human race. Sin changed how we see God, how we hear God. We are terrified of him. So Moses, understandably, that's how it begins his statement, do not fear. Because God wants to give you his fear. There, there is a fear that God wants to place in us so that through this fear that he places in us, we will be compelled, provoked, converted to reach a point where we don't sin. Where we actually, I'm going to read um, Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13. is my favorite verse to explain to people what is, in essence, this fear of the Lord. This fear that in Exodus 20, Moses was telling Israel, God is coming. God is going to reveal. He's going to put before you his fear. And this fear will cause you to not sin. Proverbs 8.13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Whatever God, whatever this fear, we haven't yet unpacked that. We're just identifying things. And we're discovering that there's more than one fear in the Bible. There's two, actually. The one we inherited from Adam and Eve when they sinned. And this fear is focused on God. We are terrified of Him. And whatever we causes us to fear, we become anger, angry towards. Whatever makes us afraid, we, be, we usually become angry at that. Because it is making us afraid. It's a defense mechanism. But God is approaching us. So that through his grace, through that, through his divine intervention, he can somehow offer us and replace in us this fear we inherited from, our, from Adam and Eve and in turn receive this fear of the Lord that will cause me to hate evil, to actually hate sin so that I will not sin. Isn't that powerful? So when the book of Revelation, chapter 14, verse 6 and 7, begins with the everlasting gospel and says the very first words, fear God, what fear do you think it's speaking of? Now it's a little bit easier to say, oh, 
it's not speaking about that first fear that Adam spoke of in Genesis 3.10, that I heard your voice in the garden and I hid because I was terrified. I was afraid of you. It's not the fear that Israel had at Mount Sinai when all God does is speak the beautiful law of liberty, as James calls it, the law of freedom. The Israel's response to hearing the voice of God is, we are so terrified, we're going to die. And Moses is saying, you're completely wrong. This God has come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. In fact, he's going to offer you a different fear. A fear that will cause you to not sin anymore. I love this. I love explaining this to people because once I got it, it changed my outlook of God completely. So this is the outcome. This is the result, you and I, seeing and receiving the, the fear of the Lord. A heart transformation that has taken place within me. Whereas at one time I feared God, now I fear sin. I fear sin because now I see what it did, what it does, and what it will do in me and through me. This fear of the Lord is a re revelation to my soul of what sin truly is. And now, whereas before I feared God, now I fear what I always ought to have feared, which is sin. Romans tells us the wages of sin is death. Israel thought if we hear God, we will die. Sin distorts our perception of God completely and sin distorts our perception of sin completely. We get it completely backwards. Now this fear of the Lord has caused me to fear what I really ought to fear, fear sin. When I see what it has caused God to save me, the cross of Christ, and we will see this, how, how the cross of Jesus plays a key role in understanding the first angel's message. When I see what it has caused God to save me, the cross, the agony of Gethsemane, I am seeing and receiving his fear. It is through the cross of Christ that this fear of the Lord comes before me and is offered to be received within me. And if you say to yourself, well, hold up a second. In Exodus chapter 20, God is about, just all he did is speak the commandments. He didn't offer them no cross. He didn't speak about the gospel. Yes, he did. The reason God began with the Ten Commandments is, number one, to provoke and cause Israel to sense that they were transgressors of this law, that sin is a transgression of God's holy law, and that the wages of sin is death. So it makes sense. Israel misunderstood. They thought God is going to kill us. No, it's the sin in my heart that's going to cause me to die. It isn't God. And so when God reads and what speaks his law, it penetrates to the depth of the mind and the consciousness of Israel. And they become fully convicted of their sin that whose wages is death. But God wants to provoke this for a reason. Because immediately after the revealing the law of God, he would reveal the sanctuary. He would expand and, and make precious the understanding of the gospel through the sacrificial system. Central to the sanctuary were those two elements. The lamb that would die in the altar and shed its blood. And the priest that would intercede on behalf of the sinner. That's the cross. That's the cross. And that's where the fear of the Lord would be before Israel. So that Israel would not sin. I want to begin to encapsulate this because it is through the cross of Christ that I begin to 
I, I lose my fear of God and I begin to fear sin. But it's also when I see what it has cost God at the cross that I begin to hate sin because I begin to understand what it did to God, what it did to the relationship God and I could have had, but we don't. But the, the relationship that God desires to have. The cross places in me the fear of sin and the hatred of sin. And it removes the fear that I've inherited from Adam and Eve that I have towards God. When I encapsulate all of this by one of the most beautiful Psalms, I've memorized this many years ago, Psalms 130 verses 3 to 4. It says, If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, the New International Version says, keep a record of sins. If you, Lord, should keep a record of my sins, O Lord, who could stand? Who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. This is the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord comes when you receive his forgiveness, which if we just if we did not spend all this time looking at the two kinds of fears, this statement would make no sense. If if I have a $100,000 loan to the bank and I have no pennies and I'm about to have my house repossessed and everything sold and be in bankruptcy for the next 50 years and the bank all of a sudden forgives my debt, lets me keep the house and removes all of these uh, accusations in the courts from me. If the bank forgives me that debt, am I going to be terrified of that bank? Am I going to be afraid of that bank? No. So we need to interpret that word fear based on the context. If, Lord, you should keep a record of my sins, how could I ever stand in your presence? But there is with you, with you, through you, there is forgiveness. And it is through this forgiveness that I may fear you. I no longer am terrified of you. But the fear of the Lord causes me to fear sin and hate it. I hate the sins that separates me between me and God. I hate the sin that causes me to not be able to stand in the presence of God. I hate the sin that provokes me to hide from God, to avoid prayer time, to avoid reading His Word. I'm afraid of what I read there. I'm afraid of what I read there. So the cross and forgiveness, it is brought is both of these are key in understanding the three angels' messages. The cross and the forgiveness we receive through the cross are key to understanding that first initial statement, fear God. Fear God means that I am no longer terrified of Him because of sin. What I fear now is sin. What I hate now is sin. Because what I, now, through the fear of the Lord, through the cross, through the cross, I begin to understand what sin has done to me and what sin has cost God, what the price he had to pay in order that he may forgive me so that I once again can stand in his presence, not afraid of my Lord. This now begins to make sense as to why it's called the everlasting gospel, the good news that will never expire. And these good news applies to you today. Today, you may be forgiven. Today, forgiveness through the cross of Jesus is being offered to you in abundance. God wants you to stand in His presence once again without fear. And God has made that provision. And that provision is in the cross 
of His Son, Jesus Christ. I sincerely hope you received a special blessing from today's episode on devotional. I pray it has inspired you to turn the study of God's Word into a daily habit, as well as using the study tool of our Sabbath School lesson. If you haven't yet subscribed on iTunes or whichever platform you listen in, would you please do so now? This way, you will be notified each time I publish a new episode. It would also mean a lot to me if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast. You doing this will help others discover the spiritual resource. I would really appreciate this. I would love for you to connect with me through my Facebook page, Devotional Podcast. There's a link in the show's description that will take you there. I will regularly post additional resources there as well. It would be so good to hear what you like and what I could do to make this podcast a bigger blessing for you. Lastly, Would you consider making a monthly 99 cent contribution to this podcast? It would help offset the long-term cost of producing each episode. Thanks again for listening. Look forward to our next time together in the next episode of Devotional. Until then, this is Pastor Ariel inviting you to devote all you are and all you have to our Lord Jesus Christ.